0: Everybody, y'all ready to worship the Lord? Amen. Boy, I like this weather we're having. I don't know about the rest of y'all. So, you know, Adam opened up real good. You know, that was a beautiful testimony and everything. You know, the Lord blessing him. So, I'm going to share one with you that we had yesterday as well. Uh, I got a friend of mine reached out to me that uh, owns a motorcycle shop in Cleveland, and he wanted to know if the boys would be interested in being on his float in the Cleveland Parade Saturday. So y'all know how the weather has been, right? It's just been rain, rain, rain. You get in your car, you get soaking wet. You get out of your car, you get soaking wet. And it's just just constant. So uh, I went over to this guy that I worked with. He asked me to come over and work on his house Saturday. So we got up, me and Austin went out there and was helping him out, and it was raining the whole time. And then we went to Jackson's basketball game in Meigs County, and it's just raining, raining, raining. I mean, it didn't stop. So here we are. We asked the boys. He he texted me during the basketball game and asked me if the boys still wanted to go because it was raining. So we asked him, I said, do you do you want to go to this? And he's like, yeah, we want to do it. I said, it's going to be raining. I don't care. We'll be all right Okay, all right, whatever then. Y'all want to do it? We'll let you do it. So we went to McDonald's to get something to eat because the time frame we had to be we had to drop them off by four thirty. Wasn't it four thirty? I think it was four thirty. They had to be dropped off by four, no later than four thirty to be getting everything ready on this float. Well, get back to where we stopped and got something to eat after Jackson's basketball game at McDonald's. So. We all prayed, not not me, not them. We all prayed, Lord, give us a break in the rain during the parade. And I'm going to tell you, the rain stopped when the parade stopped and it started when the parade ended. So it comes back. I've heard it in this church before. Like Adam said before, like Thomas has said before, we have to pray specifically on what we want and what we need. See, we didn't ask for the rain to stop the whole time. We just asked for it to stop during the parade. And that's the way it was. Me and Jessica got to stand out there holding baby girl, and we didn't get rained on. The boys, they got a little bit wet. I mean, they was dew and everything, but it did not rain. That's my point. Be pacific when you pray. If you've got a family member that is sick, pray pacifically on what their sickness is. If you've got something going on with yourself, don't say, Lord, heal me. Say, Lord, take care of this problem that I have. Amen. We have to pray specifically. Like when you get up here, the preachers, I'm going to take that for example. When you get up here and preach, you ask the Lord to help you preach this message that he gave you. It is no different from y'all. When, when you go out, you ask the Lord to help you talk to somebody else specifically on what needs to be said. How you need to say it. It ain't no different. When you pray for your family, pray for them pacifically. You know, it's just, that's what it needs to be. I've heard it in this church, and I believe it. I mean, yesterday was a fine example. It stopped when the parade stopped, and it started when the parade was done. How more pacific can you be? And then the Lord delivered. I mean, hallelujah. That No, I mean... It, it's all right for the boys, but that little girl back there did not need to get soaking wet. She don't need. I mean, she's little bitty. She could have got sick if she'd been out there. We've been out there standing in the rain trying to watch them, but the Lord delivered, and I thank Him for it. And I thank Him for it. So just remember, pray pacifically. dear Lord in heaven. I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for delivering us yesterday, Lord. I thank you for the testimony that Adam gave, Lord. And Lord, I I pray that it gets out and touches other people and inspires them to stand up for you, Lord. And Lord, I ask for a boldness to stand up for you when other people are just trying to shoot you down or just trying to beat you up. Like Thomas said this morning, you will fight for us, Lord, when we're standing up for you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in this church and in in my family, Lord. I ask you to touch each and every single body here, Lord. And, Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for everything, and we just praise you, Lord. We praise you. Amen.
1: We'll come see a man, this man named Jesus.
2: Oh, come see a man,
1: both Lord and
2: Christ. He turned the water into wine, gave the sight back to the blind. He's the water and a bread, has the power to raise the dead. Oh, come see a man named Jesus Christ. Who's this man they say, that the winds and the waves they obey? He's the Christ of Calvary, died on the cross for you and me. All of my life to him's been given, all of my sins they are forgiven. He's the only hope of living. Come see a man named Jesus Christ. Well, come see a man. man. This man named Jesus Oh, come see a man Of Lord and Christ He turned the water into wine Gave his side back to the blind he the water and the bread Has the power to raise the dead Oh, come see a man Named Jesus Christ the disciples on that day who am i to open men say some say john all the prophets of old simon peter had to stand up hold. now is the christ the son of god all power in heaven and earth abroad he's coming back in glory divine riding on a cloud face will shine, oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, will oh, come see a man, this man named Jesus, oh come see a man of a Lord in Christ, he turned the water into wine, gave his sight back to the blind They oh, come see a man named jesus christ with the disciples on that day who am i to all men say some say john or the prophets of old simon and peter had to stand up home will shine, oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, Will come see a man, this man named Jesus, oh come see a man of Lord and Christ, he turned the water into wine, gave the sight back to the blind, he's the water and the bread, Dead. oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, We'll oh, come see a man, this man named Jesus, oh come see a man, both Lord and Christ, he turned the water into the wine, gave the side back to the blind raise the dead, oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, oh come see a man named Jesus Christ, Christ. and he was more than just a man
1: he gave his
2: life for salvation's plan. And with the love that Jesus gave, his very life was meant to save. That's when he proved, that's when he proved, that's when he proved he was more than just a man. Who was out of walking on the water, he was more Just a man, he gave his life for salvation's plan. And with the love that Jesus gave, his very life was meant to save. That's when he proved, that's when he proved. And he was more than just a man. And he was too hot for the devil to handle. The demons of hell obeyed his command. He was too much for Satan to battle For all power no one could stand Well, he was more than just a man I know he He was more than just a man He gave his life for salvation's plan And with the love that Jesus gave his very life was meant to save. That's when he proved, that's when he proved that he was more than just a man. The power of death, he could not kill him. The gates of hell, they could not hold him. The chains of the grave, they could not bind him. He came forth with the keys in his hand. just a man. He gave his life for salvation's plan. And with the love that Jesus gave, his very life was meant to save. That's when he proved, that's when he proved that he was more than just a man.
1: Well, he was
2: too hot. For the devil to handle The demons of hell Obeyed his command He was too much For Satan to battle Against all power No one could stand Well he was more Than just a man I know he was more Than just a man salvation's plan. And with the love that Jesus gave, his very life was meant to save. That's when he proved, that's when he proved, he was more than just a man. The power of death, it could not kill him. The gates of hell, they could not hold him. The chains of the grave, they could not find him. He came forth with the key in his hand. He was more than just a man. Sing it one more time. I know he was more than just a man. He gave his life for salvation's plan. And with the love that Jesus His very life was meant to save That's when he prayed
1: praise Anna Kate stay nearby I need you (laughs) amen it's good to have everybody back tonight pretty good crowd I'm proud of you guys (laughs) don't let that good weather get in the way because I know we get excited like, oh it's sunny I'm skipping because I want to go do something fun because I gotta go back to work no come back to church (laughs) we know people probably aren't feeling well and going through stuff so that's fine we'll let you slide this time but (laughs) no it's good to have everybody here we're thankful for everybody that showed up even though whatever might be going on is going on God's still in control and For myself, just with some things going on, all week long, Lord help us all, (laughs) the devil has been raging, but as that song says, though Satan is ready, he is raging, we've just begun, we're not defeated, we'll keep pressing on, and all week long I've had to remind myself that, even though we get low at times with things going on in life, or we get upset, or, you know, we are human, and we can over-evaluate things and overthink things and think so much that we dwell, 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 and we're like in a mental war zone because we have dwelled on something, and you have to take a step back and say, no, 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 this is not how I'm supposed to be. I need to keep my focus on Jesus, and actually a few people have just encouraging me and some things going on. It's not a, everybody's business, but just things going on in life. We all face it. It's nobody's business but the Lord. But a few people have... Uh, one day, uh, I went on Facebook, and I saw, if you have faith, well, it was a necklace, and it had a little mustard seed in it. And let me tell you, the war of my life, that was just a battle in my mind. And I saw that, and I was like, hmm, if you can have faith of a, mu- that thing's not very big. But that little bitty mustard seed, and I saw it, and then the next day, somebody sends it to me. And I was like, oh goodness, and then a few days later, somebody that's not even saved said, faith as a mustard seed, dot, 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 said that to me, I was like, okay, listen, Lord, I get what you're saying here, my face a little bit smaller than that right now, but, and just people have said, and I was like, okay, I'm listening, I'm sorry, I've taken this in my own hands, and I give it to you, no matter what you're going through, faith as a mustard seed, and really, faith has been so cool, like, I have just... So much about faith lately, just in life in general, and I know, I'm sure a bunch of people can relate. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that is not that big. Just imagine if we have more than that, what he can do. Even though the situation might be way bigger than a mustard seed, that little bit of faith that you just hold on, No matter what's going on, no matter what people are saying, doing, if you can just hold on and keep that faith, don't lose that mustard seed, don't lose that faith, but if you can hold on even when you don't think you can hold on anymore, imagine what God will do for you if you continue to stay faithful to Him. And I know that He wants to move in a mighty way, He wants to set people free, He wants to bring people back to where they should be, He wants to heal bodies, but we are the people that he wants to use and if we're sitting down in our muck and mire because of what we're going through how in the world are we going to be an example amen so if we'll just pray for those who are not here pray for those who are sick going through stuff god is able no matter what you're going through if you're listening you need a healing you need touch touching your mind your heart your body your soul he's able of everything we have need of just like he said this morning let god fight for you because when he does it He does it the way He needs to, not in our time, but in His. And when it's said and done, He gets the glory. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father God. We come to you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and we ask right now, Lord, that you would touch us tonight, God, that you would move in a great and mighty way, Lord, as they bring our tithes and offerings, God, that you would bless it, Lord, bless those who need a healing, Lord, in their heart, their mind, their body, Lord, we know that you are the great physician, and there's nothing that you cannot do if we will trust you, if we will have that faith. As small as that little seed is, just what wonders you can do for us, God. So if we will just keep our faith and trust you that no matter what comes, the storm, you won't stop the storm, but you'll help us get through it, Lord. So we know that you're in control of everything going on in our lives. And we ask right now, Lord, that we would come into an atmosphere of worship, God, that we would praise you for all that you've done and that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: God's people start lifting him up, he starts moving, amen, it's just proof that it's not always about feelings and emotions, amen, because sometimes you don't feel like it, do you, inwardly you don't feel so good, but the Lord is still good, amen, and he moves, he touches us, amen, I'm glad tonight that he hears us, even when you can't quite get the words out of your mouth, Express to him what it is you need. The Bible says he knows what you have need of before you ever ask. So when you can't quite get it out, he knows. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to go back uh, tonight and finish this little part I started on last week. I believe I'm going to get through this and be done with this tonight. Romans chapter 10 was the foundational scripture I'm going to read tonight. And my wife brought up something early, and I know everybody here is not going to want to, but I'm just going to run it by you for those that live here in Athens and they were Ryan was talking about the parade. We're having a little parade here tomorrow, I think in Athens, my wife said. and um, So we're going to take little beady baby boy and let him see his first Christmas parade. So I thought, well, I'll just tell everybody in case there's anybody around here that wants to come to the Christmas parade. I got a place downtown here, you know, where I'm working. Got a pretty good-sized parking lot. Y'all are welcome to come and jam it. <laughs> 5, 5.30, you're more than welcome to come if you want to come and join us and be a part of it. If you don't, somebody else will so I'm just giving you the invitation first. Tell my wife, I might have to barricade, put some stuff up down there if we're going to give us a spot. But I think we'll be okay. But you're welcome to come if you want to come. I know everybody don't live here and you've got things going on, but you're welcome to come. It's not something I even do every year, but now with a grandbaby, yeah, things are changing. <laughs> Amen. So anyways, I know it'll be fun for him. Uh, Romans chapter 10 tonight is where we're gonna, I'm going to go back to this foundational scripture to read for this little mini-series, I guess, if you want to call it that, if it's even that. It's just part two of what it means to be saved. And I had had a pretty good response from some people on this, too. Some people were watching this online, and uh, uh, so I, was, I kind of felt like this, the Lord wanted me to do this for people that are watching that don't understand this. And I think there's a lot of people in the church, they don't, they don't or people that, have, they ain't, I won't say in the church, people that may be exposed to the church. Exposed to Christianity, that see stuff, uh, but they don't understand what it is that they're hearing. That's what we want to try to do is help people to understand. I'm not the best teacher in the world. I don't proclaim to be, but I do my best to try to explain the Word of God the best that I can. And I trust that the Holy Spirit opens people's eyes, amen, to the truth. So, Romans chapter 10, again, verse, um, let me go back, just go to verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth, The Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. Here's the last verse I'm going to read. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. I ask you, Lord, that you would anoint it. I ask that you would open it. I ask that you would make it real to us here tonight, to those watching, Lord, to those who will watch. I pray, God, that you would bless it. Lord, I pray that if there's people that are watching that are not saved, that you would convict them, that they would open their heart up and that they would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. That's what we're here for, to bring people to Jesus Christ. As she sang the song, Come See a Man a man named Jesus. That's who we're here to bring people to, Lord. So we ask you tonight, God, that you would help us, that you would touch us. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you for every person here, the blessings, Lord, that you've given us, the help you've given us, from the playing of the piano to the preaching to the Sunday school, everything, Lord, that you've given us here, Lord. We thank you for it. We know, God, that you're going to enlarge it. We know you're going to build on it, and we know, Lord, that you're going to bless it, Lord. We ask you to give us the strength to press forward through everything that the enemy throws at us, Lord, that we would see a mighty move of God in these last days, that we would not give up. As Michaela said, just have that little bit of faith, and you promise you would move mountains for us, God. So we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. And we thank you for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen amen. I don't, I'm not going to go back through everything that I uh, brought out last week, but I do want to go back to the definition of the word saved to say this again for people that may be watching or maybe some here that weren't here last week. I guess everybody was here. But the word saved in the Greek is sozo. If you've been saved any amount of time, you've heard that, I'm sure. Sozo. And it means this. It means to save To deliver, to make whole, preserve safe from danger, loss, and destruction. And I read this last week, but I'm going to read it again. It was uh, 54 times it's mentioned in the Gospels, this word, meaning to rescue from death. is a better attested reading than sosiai of the translation, which is omitted. It says in some translations, I believe that's what that means, Of the instances where sozo, this word is used, 14, relate to deliverance from disease or demon possession. So we believe that also in salvation that there is deliverance from sickness, disease, and demon possession. And I brought out the example last week of the man from Gadara who was possessed with all those devils that Jesus set free and whose life he changed. Well, that's a perfect example of of this definition to see somebody delivered from demon spirits to be put in the right mind and to be saved from destruction. It said that um, in 20 instances, the inference is to the rescue of physical life from some impending peril or instant death. We have been rescued from hell. We've been saved from destruction. I'm glad tonight I ain't going to hell. I ain't worried about it. I ain't for me and I am for people that are lost. You, you don't want to see people die and go to hell because we know that hell is a real place even though people mock at it today. They make fun of it. They say, you people are crazy. You know, when you die, just poof, you're just gone. No, you're not. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's either heaven or it's hell. I'm going to be old-fashioned. I'm going to go with the Bible, heaven or hell. And that, that's just the way it is. And people don't want to hear that today because they don't want to think about punishment. We don't want to think about an afterlife and and, you know, but but Jesus made it clear that all who reject him, all who refuse to live for God, they will spend eternity in a place called hell where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be torment. You can laugh at it now. You can make fun, but you won't. There won't be any unbelievers in hell. There won't be any atheists in hell. There won't. And in the twenty instances, that, uh, again, it speaks of the rescue of the physical life from some impending peril or instant death, and the remaining twenty times, the reference is to spiritual salvation. That's what I want to focus on: spiritual salvation—to be saved, to be delivered from sin, to be made whole. You know, and there's so many other examples in the Word. And I could go on and on, but I'm not going through this. But you, if you read other stories, The woman with the issue of blood, who was dying, losing blood constantly, who the Bible said she had tried all the doctors, all the physicians, said she didn't get any better, she only got worse. But when she heard about Jesus, and I heard somebody say recently, she didn't know anything about Jesus. It seemed to like the last minute if she did then she heard about him and she decided, you know, what else do I have to lose? I'm already dying. They say that this man is a healer. They say that this man can change your life. So what have I got to lose? You know what? I think I'm just going to bust through the crowd of people and I'll just take my chances and find out if he's really who everybody says that he is. And we all know what happened. She did. And when she touched him, the Bible says she was... Made whole. She was healed of that disease. She was saved. She was healed. Because Jesus, after that, called her a daughter. If I'm not mistaken, that's the one I'm thinking about. He called her a daughter. Before, she was just a woman. But She's a daughter now. And so, we see that there's so many more examples in the scriptures, in these stories that we can see where Jesus saves somebody. He makes them whole. He heals uh, uh, the the the, man, the the paralytic. Remember the man who was bound to his deathbed, and the Bible said <laughs> he was pretty much hopeless. He didn't have any help, but he he had four friends who knew Jesus. He had four friends that said, "Hey, we don't we can't help you, but we know somebody that can help you." And the Bible said that they, uh, they all remember they all four of them took him to the house where Jesus was ministering. I think it was Peter's house or whoever it was and the Bible said that the crowd of people was so thick that it was the press was so thick that they they couldn't get through the crowd of people and they said, "Uh uh-oh, we got a problem. We know Jesus is in there and we know he can work a miracle and he's the only hope for this man on his deathbed but we can't get in there and one of the guys says, hey, fellas, you know what, I got an idea. We might not be able to get through there but if we can get up there, (laughs) <laughs> rooftop faith And the Bible said they did They said let's uh, There's there's other ways to get people to Jesus Come on we don't have to always follow the traditional way There's other ways to get people to Jesus You might have to go up on a rooftop You might have to go downtown and talk to somebody in the gutter You might have to go out into the world and, And, and You know, inconvenience yourself a little bit, but I'm going to tell you, it's worth it to see one soul come to Jesus. They went up on the roof. The Bible said, remember Jesus was in the house preaching. He's ministering, and all of a sudden he looks up, he hears a noise, and this man is being dropped down through the roof. And Jesus stopped what he was doing and began to... Deal with this man and he said what he basically says, he said, Take up your bed and walk. He said, Your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And what happened? He did what the Lord told him to do. He was saved, he was healed, he was made whole right in front of everybody. He got everything. And the the the, the proof was that Jesus he, he said, Your sins are forgiven, and indicating that his sinful lifestyle was a result of his condition. You know, there's so many people out there that are dying, they're miserable, they're lost, they're, they're bound by drugs, they're, they're bound by alcohol, they're living in a hell on this earth, and the reason is because they have rejected Jesus Christ. They, 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 that maybe they hadn't heard about him or maybe they have heard about him and they don't they don't open up their hearts so they stay bound by the powers of darkness. There's no way out of this spiritual misery until you open your heart and come to Jesus. There's no way out of this hell on earth until you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins Open up, let him come in, and when he does, he saves you. He makes you whole. He rescues you. He delivers you from the bondages of Satan. He preserves you from hell. And that was another occurrence of this example of salvation being given to a man, healing. I mean, it happened over and over with so many people. The Bible said Jesus did so many things. This, there's not even enough room to the book for the book to contain everything he did. We only we only have certain things recorded, but that's only a small portion of the things that he did for people. But the Bible, he said, "I have come to seek and to save the lost." He didn't come to make everybody rich. He come to make you, to deliver you from the powers of darkness. See, if we get this right, then we we won't be focused on the riches. We won't be focused on all the other stuff. We get what, when we understand the whole purpose of why Jesus came, everything else comes last. And of the last 10, it speaks of, or 20, it speaks of spiritual salvation. Uh, Here was another example I want to give tonight as we move forward. I didn't get to it last week, but this is where I stopped. And it's in Acts chapter 8, verse 29 through 39. Everybody, you remember the story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip, the evangelist that the Lord used to reach this man who did not know Jesus Christ. The Bible said he was a man of authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. He was a man of a position, and he was an Ethiopian. And the Bible said that he was traveling, coming back, I believe it was from the temple where he was worshiping the lord and but he was lacking understanding of what that temple properly displayed he He was going let's say this like this he was going through the motions of religion, going to the church. Going to the place of worship, but he did not know Jesus. He didn't have a relationship with God. As many people today, they go to a place called a church week after week after week, and the gospel is not preached. The gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified is not being preached for the most part in lot. A lot of these places called a place of worship. And they go week after week after week. And they come away empty. They come away lost. That's what this man's condition was. And the Bible said he was coming from the temple of worship. And it said that the Spirit of God spoke to Philip. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and said, I want you to go near. He, he saw this chariot traveling and the Spirit of God got his attention and God spoke to him and said, you see that chariot right there? I want you to go and join yourself to that chariot. I want you. before, earlier the Scripture said that the Lord's Spirit spoke to him and said, go southward. You know, the Lord will tell you sometimes to go in a direction you don't understand. And he didn't tell him, he didn't explain to him ever, you know, uh, why he was telling. He just said, I want you, Philip, to go southward. And when he saw this chariot, the Lord spoke to him and said, now I want you to go. Now you come to this area. Go join yourself to this chariot because I want to save somebody's soul who is searching for me. He's not finding what he needs in the temple. He's not finding what he needs in a lot of the churches today. I want you to go join yourself to him and I want you to be prepared to minister to him. And the Bible said, Philip ran hither to him. He saw this chariot parked and still and he took the opportunity to do what the Lord said. And it said, as he was approaching the chariot, he heard he heard him reading from the prophet Isaiah and he said to him, do you understand what you're reading? Philip approaches the chariot. There's a reading of of a portion of the book of Isaiah taking place. I believe it was Isaiah 53, I believe it was, or 55, whichever chapter it was, where it was speaking of Jesus Christ. And he said, Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And then he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. You see, the Holy Spirit gets to moving. Let me tell you, God knows how to put everything together from one end to the other. When God knows that there's a hungry, searching soul over here, he's going to find somebody over here that's willing to meet that soul somewhere. And this is exactly what the Lord did. We see God working on both ends. And it said that the the Ethiopian eunuch, he desired Philip, he said, come up and sit with me. You know, I, I, I sense that there's something about you that I can benefit from. And it said the, that the place of the scripture that was, was reading from said, was this, he was led... As a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so open he not his mouth. Now we know who this is speaking of, the Lord Jesus. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This is what was being read from this portion of the scroll. And the eunuch answered Philip, and he said, I pray thee, of whom does this speak? Does, is the, of, of whom speaketh the prophet of this? He said, of himself or of some other man. In other words, who is this scripture talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about another man? Then Philip opened his mouth at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now let's just cut through all the malarkey and just get right down to what it's all about. Philip said, I'm going to tell you what it's about. I'm going to tell you who it's about because I know who this is. I've met this man... Jesus. I've given my life to Him, so we don't have to guess or wonder about who this is speaking of. Let me help you, my friend. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified on a cross, who died and was rose up, who raised up. God raised Him from the dead, and He is alive right now, so make no bones about it. It's all about the Son of the living God. His name is Jesus. I am going to tell you something tonight. if you're lost his name is Jesus if you're bound by the devil his name is Jesus if you don't understand what we're talking about his name is Jesus if you're sick of your misery his name is Jesus if you're tired of the alcohol his name is Jesus if you're sick of the witchcraft his name is Jesus if you're sick of the darkness his name is Jesus if you're sick of your religion praise God his name is Jesus. We need preachers today that will just cut right to the chase and tell them, it's Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning. It's Jesus on the job. It's Jesus at lunchtime. It's Jesus at 2 o'clock on break time. It's Jesus in the evening. It's Jesus at the parade. It's Jesus in Walmart. It's Jesus everywhere you go. It's Jesus in church. It's Jesus at home. It ain't nobody but Jesus. Well, you sound kind of crazy. I'm crazy for Jesus. Not that life, this is what life is about now. If your life is about anybody but Jesus Christ, it's wrong. You call yourself, you know how many people say they're Christian? I'll give it to some, they are. There's not much evidence that they know Jesus though. Not much evidence that they truly know him or they'll talk about him. But the fruit, the relationship, let me tell you, if you know him, you're going to talk about him. If you know him, you're going to display him. If you know him, you can't shut up about him. It doesn't mean you're going to be walking everywhere you go all every second of the day. It's going to be, you're going to be telling everybody, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But your life is going to, you're going to show him in your life. And you're going to, you're not going to hide him from people. You're not going to hide people from him. You're going to give them Jesus Christ. Philip said, this is talking about Jesus. He preached unto him Jesus. In other words, he explained to him what this scripture was saying from the Old Testament, bringing it over into the New. And it said, as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, look, see, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? So we understand that not only did Philip preach to him about salvation, but he explained to him about water baptism. And here, this came to me earlier. You know what? The church today has got it backwards. Because we got people in the church telling people, until you're baptized, you ain't saved. No, the Bible teaches until you're saved, you don't get baptized. Come on. Until you get born again, you don't get in water. Because that's what the the water is. It's a demonstration of what's already happened on the inside. And if it hadn't happened on the inside, I don't care how many times they put you in a dunk tank, it ain't going to do anything for you. He said, here's a certain water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, if you believe with all your heart, then you may. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the one who died on the cross to save me from my sins, to to make me safe from death, hell, and destruction. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So he had the gospel preached to him. He accepted it by faith. And he says, well, what's stopping me from getting baptized? He said, if you just believe what I've told you with all your heart, you can. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Whoa, horses. He commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went, they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. But here's something interesting. When they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. You see how God does things sometimes? I don't know exactly why the Lord did. Maybe He didn't want the eunuch glorifying a man or what. I don't know the Lord, but the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip after He baptized him. He just disappeared. He's gone. But you listen to this part. And the eunuch saw him no more, but said the eunuch went on His way rejoicing. Guess what He got? Saved! <laughs> He got saved. See, when you get saved, you start rejoicing. When you get saved, you get excited about going to church. When you get saved, oh my Lord, (laughs) when you get saved. Mm. So there's another example of a man who by faith accepts the gospel, believes in Jesus, he gets saved by faith. I'm going to give you some scriptures tonight on some other things here because I'm not going to keep on going with that there. There was another one. Yeah, there is one more. I think I got it. It is Luke chapter 19. Everybody knows this one. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. We all heard it that way. Like Thomas. little short man, a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief among the publicans and he was rich. Look, he sought to see Jesus who he was and he could not see him for the press because he was of a little stature. I don't care how little you are, God will make a way. I don't care how far away you are, I don't care if you're in the back jungle of Africa. If you want to know who Jesus is, God will make a way for you to see him. And it said he ran before, Zacchaeus, he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him because he heard that he was to pass that way. He hears about Jesus And he says, you know what, I'm a short man. I can't see above these men's waist here and ain't no way to get to them, so I'm going to have to find me another way. I'll just find me a tree to get up in. And he finds him a sycamore tree, climbs up into the tree because he wants to see Jesus because he was to pass that way. And it said when Jesus came to the place to where he was, said he looked up and he saw him. God sees faith he looked up and saw him and he said unto Zacchaeus, he said, make haste, come down for today I must abide in your house. He saw faith. And the Bible said, "He and he made haste. Zacchaeus, he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, oh, here's the, Doubters. Here's the ones that say you can only be saved by keeping the law. When they saw it, they all murmured, saying, he's gone to be the guest of a man that is a sinner, going to the house of a man who is a sinner. Don't he know who this little short-lying, thieving, cheating publican is? (laughs) And Zacchaeus, they said, Zacchaeus stood... And he said unto the Lord, here's what I want to bring out. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by a false accusation, I restore unto him fourfold. You know what we see? We see the results of a man who has opened his heart to accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. And let me tell you, I want to say this, when you get saved, when you give your life to Jesus, some of the things that you were doing, you'll feel bad about it. Well, all of them really, but there's some things that are going to stand out. And you know what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to say, Lord, if I, what I did to him, to her, if you give me the opportunity I'll apologize. If I took something that I shouldn't have taken from somebody, I'll give it back to them because that is the proof that a man's heart has been touched by God. And he said, Jesus said unto him, he said, this day is salvation come to this house. This day. Here's the proof. Here's the proof of a changed heart. Here's the proof that a man has now accepted Jesus and has been saved because his conduct is now changing. He said, For as much as he also is a son of Abraham, and this is what Jesus said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus was lost, but he came to Jesus. Or Jesus however you want to put it, he made a way to find to use his faith to want to know who Jesus was, and he found out and his life was changed Listen here um John three sixteen everybody knows this one. you know these scriptures we just want to bring these out to say a few things. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life comes with salvation. Eternal life comes with sal- See, when you're lost, oh we're all going to have eternal life. Even the lost are going to have eternal life. But if it's if they don't get saved, their eternity is in misery and in darkness and in torment. We're all going to have eternal life. But the ones who accept Jesus Christ, our eternal life is going to be in joy and peace and comfort from then. All through eternity, we're going to live in peace and joy while the lost are going to live in torment. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be... Saved. There it is. Saved. There's your word. Saved. Healed. Made whole. Restored. Rescued from death. Rescued from sin. Rescued from destruction. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. i want to tell you something. You know why some people don't want to be around you? I'm going to tell you why. Because their deeds are evil. Their hearts are evil. They're, they're walking in darkness. And when you get around the light, when you get around people that are walking right, that are living right, you ain't gonna be comfortable. I go back to my own life years ago. I, there, there, my mama, I ain't saying she had everything all together. She's some perfect woman, but I'm gonna tell you one thing: the woman did everything she can to live for the Lord. I know that. I know that she searched. Her life was changed when she met Jesus and the older I got and the worse I got and the more I rejected the Lord when, you know, she would try to witness to us and, and keep us in church and try to, you know, get us right with God. The, uh, the only thing I did was I got worse and worse and worse to the point to where I did not want to be around her, asked my wife. We evaded her. <laughs> I didn't want to be around her. My own mother, yeah, I loved her, but there was friction. There was problems. You know, I come up in a messed up family. You know, she she was gone for a while. My dad was gone, divorced. I come up in the midst of all that stuff. I don't blame you. I ain't mad at nobody. I don't care about all that. God got in the midst of all that mess and brought some good stuff out of it. And... But I, I remember times when I was not living right, when I was living in sin, doing things I should not have been doing. And the last person's face I wanted to see was my mama because I didn't feel comfortable because she could read your mail. <laughs> she'd say things. She'd tell you stuff. And I remember one time she came come to me. She said, boy... I've had some dream dreams about you, and she said, "I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on. you better wake up. You better you you better listen." And she told me all this stuff later on after we got saved. It which you know it wouldn't it didn't mean anything to me before I knew the Lord. But after I got saved, it shook me. She said, "The Lord. It happened two or three times. I had dreams about you." Somebody was coming to our front door, coming to knock on the front door, and they were coming to give me bad news about you. And they were just as they would get to the door, they said they would mention your name and say, they were about to say that you were dead. And she said, no, I ain't receiving that. I ain't accepting that, you lying devil. you." And she said, but they were coming to tell me that you were dead, that something bad had happened to you. And it happened two or three times. And when she told me about all this, I had just been shot at. I'd just been in a car wreck that nearly flipped over. I'd been in bar room fights, slinging pool sticks, fighting with people, and it shook me somewhat. But it didn't shake me enough to get me saved. I just didn't want to hear it because I thought I was doing good with my life. You can't. You can't. You can't live in sin and walk in darkness and and hang around people that are walking in the light. It don't work. When the light shows up, the darkness gets reproved. And that's, that's how, you know, that's why the Bible says we're salt in this earth, we're light. We're here to be a light. We're to be a reproof to the lost. Your life is supposed to be A reproof to those around you that ain't living right doesn't mean you can, we condemn people, but they're not going to feel comfortable around us because they're going in another direction. They're in darkness. Praise God. We're out of darkness. I've been, I'm glad we've been brought out of darkness. So it said, everyone that doeth evil hates the light. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. See, when you give your life to Jesus, all those old dirty deeds, all those sins are now put under the blood. They're taken care of. They're wrought in God. They're, they're gone. They're dead. But that doesn't mean that we don't live with some consequences sometimes. My wife and I learned this after salvation. Even though we were gloriously and miraculously saved from a lot of stuff, we found out there were some consequences of some stuff still hanging around. Stuff you don't think about before you do it. You just, when you're young, you don't think anyway. (laughs) How many times did I do stuff that I didn't think about before I did it? And it could have very well landed me in some bad situations. How about you? <laughs> I don't, I got a feeling everybody in here, in here ain't been a saint all your life. You said something. You did something. You didn't think about it. You just did it. And how many people are sitting in a prison cell today because of that? The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 6 through 9, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things... that that were spoke, which he said unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Here it is. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Jesus is the door to salvation. In other words, you're not getting to heaven any other way. You're not getting delivered from your sins any other way. Look, to get through the door, you got to have the key. That key is faith you got to go through the door. And Jesus made it plain. If you're going to come through me, you come through me, you enter in, you shall be saved. And you can go in and out and you can find pastor. That's good news because he's going to take care of you. He's going to feed you. He's going to provide for you everything you need. But you got to come through the door. Some of you watching, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't go through this door, you're not going to heaven I don't care what all the other preachers tell you. I'm telling you what the Bible says. If you don't go through Jesus Christ, if you don't repent of your sins, ask God to cleanse you and forgive you to save you the right way, you're not going to heaven. Especially you've been confronted with the truth. You've been told. You've heard it. Now, you got you're going to be accountable for it. And I want to say this. I'm not... I don't I'm not living for Jesus. I didn't give my life to Jesus just to escape hell. That's a benefit. I I gave, I live for Jesus not to escape hell but to live a good life. To live a free life, to live a joyful life. I'm glad tonight that we don't have to live like we used to. I'm so glad tonight my wife and I, that mess has been stopped. I'm so glad we ain't living in misery. I'm so glad we ain't in a duplex in Middle Tennessee, smoking crack, getting high, drinking and drugging and fighting all the time. I'm glad tonight Jesus died to bring peace into my heart, into her heart. And praise God, there's peace in my house now. Not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did. There's peace. Well, do you ever get upset with one another? Well, do you? Adam? Christy? No, he's it. A... Alta? Curtis? No, surely not. Grace? Lisa? I mean, they family. That's mother and daughter. Of course, we all get a little agitated with one another, but listen, that, that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about chaos and fighting and, and disturbance of the peace. Thank God that stuff's been stopped by the power of God. And oh, the old devil, he tries to disturb your peace. He will, but you don't have to give in to him. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6, listen to this. I exhort, therefore that first of all, that all uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and a giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet, this is what I just said, and peaceable life, quiet, the total opposite of the world, quiet and peaceable life. I never forget, and you've heard me tell this, but I have to tell it again. I never forget just a few months after we got saved living in that duplex in middle Tennessee. We went, I'm telling you, we literally went from fighting every weekend and fussing and cussing and drinking to sitting outside in our front yard with a chair with a Bible in our lap reading the Bible and some of our neighbors thought we had flipped out. I'm telling you, one of my old friends, God is my witness, my wife remembers this, one of my old friends who lived up the road from me when we were teenagers, we hung out all the time. We got into a lot of stuff together. We drank. We did stuff, you know, what kids do and we did things that weren't good and we did some things that weren't so bad. So anyway, we were good buddies but I was 30 years old at this time. He was... 29 or whatever about a year behind me. And I'll never forget, we were, we were sitting out in that front yard one day with those Bibles talking about the Lord. And he come driving down the road in his car and he passed by the house and I saw him. He kind of looked over and seen us. I said, there's Tony! And I thought, hey, I had not seen Tony in a while. So he was going about two doors down to one of our other neighbors. And he pulls in to drive down. And I'm like, hey, there's Tony. I'm going to get to see Tony. I'm like, hey, Tony, what are you doing? He got out of the car. God is my witness. He got out of that car in that driveway. And when I, I hollered his name, he went like this right here. He went just like this. And he went straight into that house. He ducked down like he didn't even hear me. And went straight into that house. Now you explain that to me. He knew. He heard. He found out. <laughs> Something happened to that boy. I'm going to tell you. They're going to know. Church people are going to know. And and I'll never forget the our next door neighbor in the duplex, the one who said that they ones who said that for entertainment every weekend, they didn't have to go anywhere. They could just sit home and listen through the walls at me and Melissa, fighting, cussing, fussing, and throwing stuff. Some of y'all just don't know. <laughs> throwing stuff. I remember one time I got so mad. Remember the beepers? I carried a beeper. I had a beeper from work. I thought I was really important. I got to carry a beeper. I got so mad. I threw that thing. Boom! It stuck right in the wall, left a square imprint right in the wall, just sitting there, didn't even break it. <laughs> they are indestructible, found that out. But our next door neighbor, another one of my old friends that grew up partying with, stuff like that, he and his wife. He wasn't a troublemaker or anything. They kept to themselves, but he drank and he smoked a little weed and stuff and you know they lived next door. There was a fence out back separated our duplex from theirs, and I remember after we got saved one night, the Holy Ghost got the moving on me, and I'm waiting for the opportunity. I said, "Boy, I can't wait to get to Him." I can't wait to talk to him. And one night, I I remember it happened. He was out back over there, and I walked out and I seen him over there. I said, "I think now's the time." I run over and I jumped that fence. I said, "Hey, Grady, how you doing, boy? What's your, you You know, we got time?" I said, "Grady, I said I just want to tell you the Lord Jesus Christ can change your life, man. If you give your life to Him, man, He can do something for you like He's done for me." He said, "I don't know if I'm ready for all that right now," and my heart just sunk. I was like, man, you don't know what you're missing. But here was what I was wanting to say. Every time they would come around us, when they would see us, him and his wife, no lie, they knew how we were. Every time they would visibly see us, if they come over, we see them out in the yard or wherever. his wife would just sit there and look at us. And I, I could tell what was going on And she, she in her mind, she's, she's saying, I can see it, what happened? Why are they not fighting? What happened? And eventually, they would ask, and we, even if they didn't ask, we'd tell them. Because let me tell you, that's what the Lord can do. When you get saved, I'm talking to somebody tonight, saved, your life gets changed you go from one extreme. You stop things. A peace comes into your heart. A calm comes into your heart. Well, did we ever fight after that? Of course we did. Did we ever get in the flesh? Of course we did. But the Lord started showing us things and dealing with us and showing us how to overcome the flesh. Now tomorrow, I love you, Melissa. Melissa. Remember all this. (laughs) Peace, sister. (laughs) Because every time you brag a little bit about something, you can get ready. (laughs) So just ahead of time. But for 24 years, it's been peace. It's been peace. Oh, yeah, we've been disturbed. Oh, yes, we've had our squabbles. Yes, we've had our run-ins. Yes, we've had this. But we are not bound by that stuff. It's not our lifestyle anymore because Jesus got in the middle and has done something. Some of you here tonight, you can testify that God has got into your marriage. The Lord has got into your family. He's got into your children. (laughs) He's working on people. He's working on us. Let me get back. Where was I? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. A couple more scriptures and I'm done. Philippians 4, 13. Therefore, my brethren... "'Dearly beloved and longed for.'" This is, now, I want to read these for you to make a point about this. At salvation also, the Bible tells us that our name is written down in heaven. Your name is written in a book. We all know that, don't we? People watching may not understand it, but you need to know this. At salvation, your name, my name, when you give your life to Jesus, according to the word of God, your name is written in a book in heaven. What's the song? When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Your name is written in. Meaning this, that until you do, your name is not there, which means you won't be there. Just something to think about. Therefore, for Philippians 4, 1 through 3, Therefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. This is Paul closing the book. He said, I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntech and they, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women, which labored with me in the gospel. Listen to this, ladies. With Clement also and with my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Paul knew about a book, a book of life. Revelation 3 and 5, you've heard it. He that overcometh shall be clothed in white raiment and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. So hold on a second. Now we got something else to deal with. So your name goes in at salvation, but your name can be taken out if you don't stay st- steadfast, if you don't keep your faith in the one who saved you. You can turn your back, and your name at some point, I don't think it happens overnight, but your name can be taken out, which means you will be rejected. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. I will, he said, I will not blot out of his name, out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father, and before his angels. Revelation twenty, twelve through 15, I saw the dead, This is the second death. Here, listen to this. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into a lake of fire. Is your name there? The only way it gets there is through Jesus. Last verse. And the city, talking about the New Jerusalem. Revelation 21, "...had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by nay, for there shall be no night there." And they shall bring the glory and honor of nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works an abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The only people they are going to be in heaven are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The lamb is Jesus Christ. The door is Jesus Christ. Salvation is through Jesus Christ. Would you come, Miss Grace, for just a minute? Michaela, you back there somewhere? I'm going to pray tonight because I feel like that we should. We're going to pray. I believe everybody here is saved. Y'all look saved to me. (laughs) You've been... Here for a long time, some of you have, some haven't, but I believe that you're all saved, but there's people watching, you're not. You don't have that peace. You don't have that joy. You don't have that assurance of where you're going when you die. This is for you. Jesus loves you. And the same salvation he has given to us, he wants to give it to you. The same freedom from the powers of darkness, he has given to us. I going to tell you, he wants to give it to you. Some of you in this place tonight, you got family members that are lost. They're on their way to hell, and they need Jesus Christ. i got family members who need Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you are watching. There's only one way for you to make it to heaven. You must be born again. You must accept Jesus. If that's you, wherever you are right there watching through the Internet, I want to tell you all you've got to do is open your heart. Open your heart, confess Jesus, ask him to come into your heart, into your life, ask him to forgive you of your sins, right where you are, swallow your pride, admit you can't save yourself, you can't change yourself, but Jesus Christ has already done it. He's where you are.
2: You open up
3: and you ask God to forgive you. You can bow your head right where you are. You can let the tears flow. You can let God crush your pride. And he'll save you and he'll change you. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm talking about coming to Jesus. He's there. Come on, church. Begin to praise him. Thank God tonight you're saved. Come on to sing God's grace. jesus church amen praise the lord god bless you all have a great week and if the trumpet don't sound amen. see you wednesday night <laughs> amen
2: we hope you were blessed by the live service from family worship center in athens tennessee our weekly services are sunday at 10 30 a.m sunday at 5 30 p.m and wednesday evening at 6 30 p.m Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 423- 423 seven four four zero seven seven four